What's up, everyone? I'm Eric Smith, Editor-in-Chief at QBList.com, and I will be flying solo tonight on the podcast, the Week 16 What We Saw podcast. Mike Miklias couldn't join us today. We got a lot of people traveling for the holidays, so I'm going to knock this one out. But it's going to be a quick episode, and I think really it makes sense. At this point in the year, uh, there's not a lot to take away from these games other than your waiver wire moves. So we're going to put a lot of the analysis this week on Callan Elslager and AJ Passman. They've been doing a great job on the waiver wire podcast. So please check them out late Monday night or Tuesday morning for um, a lot of the takeaways from this weekend and what you should be doing going forward. Because frankly, all we care about is week 17 because we are almost all the way through the semifinals of fantasy championships, the finals await. Uh, so make sure to join them on the waiver wire podcast to catch up on uh, some of the developing injuries, some of the snap shares that we can dig into and what you should do for your waiver wires coming up. So um, I'll run you through a few quick hitters this week from what I saw on the week 16 action. Um, I'll be filling in for a couple games on the article. So as always go to QBList.com, check out the, what we saw article. I will be covering uh, the chargers and Texans as well as the Lions and Falcons. I'll get to that one later tonight. Um, but I'm going to talk about on the podcast, the Ravens and Bengals and Chargers and Texans. So a couple interesting games and some uh, fun takeaways from them. So uh, let's get into it. I'm going to start with my winner. And uh, today it is T Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll get more into this performance later on, but 12 catches on 13 targets, 194 yards and two touchdowns, just a monster game from Higgins. Really the big thing here is that he survived the Jamar Chase pick. I mean, it's official now. He's the 1A on this Bengals team. This has been a stretch of games where he has taken over, and he dominated today. It was against a depleted Ravens secondary, but he really dominated. And the big thing for his prospects going forward into next year and the rest of his career is that this passing game for the Bengals should only improve as they improve this offensive line, as Joe Burrow recovers further from his knee injury from 2020. Um, I, the passing volume is going to increase next year. It seems pretty certain that that's going to happen. So we've weathered the storm here for T. Higgins. Um, he survived the Jamar Chase pick, and things are looking big time up for him in Dynasty Leagues. So I'm uh, really impressed with what I saw today from T. Higgins. Uh, my loser for the week is Corderell Patterson for the Falcons. Um, it feels a little bit reminiscent to Mike Davis, actually, from last year, uh, his teammate on the Falcons this year. Uh, Patterson really seems to be fading down the stretch as he came out of nowhere to give us an awesome fantasy football season. But uh, Cordell Patterson did score a touchdown today, uh, but you still only got 8.3 PPR points from him. And his usage is just tr trending down altogether. Played just 25 of 46 snaps today. Um, his passing game work has really disappeared. Three receptions or fewer in each of the last six games. I only had one catch today. He's just very touchdown dependent at this point. Um, he still does have a really nice red zone role. So he's still startable, but um, he's really kind of fallen down in that RB2 flex range where earlier in the year he was a legit RB1. So Cordell Patterson is my loser. And, you know, Dynasty Outlook, it's it's not looking great for him. I would expect this is kind of a one-year blip, but we will see. But if they're not going to feature him in a passing game role, um, that's really going to hurt his value going forward because it's it's hard to see Patterson as a between-the-tackles back. Uh, you know, going into age 30 season, it's just it's not going to hold up for long. So we need that passing game work. Um, so yeah, those are my winners and losers for the week. Let's get to some quick hitters on the injuries and news front. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire left in the second half for the Chiefs with a collarbone injury and did not return. Um, X-rays were negative, but he'll undergo further testing on Monday. Uh, that means Daryl Williams is a borderline RB1, definitely an RB2 going forward against the Bengals next week. Uh, Derek Gore is the next man up, probably worth an ad in most leagues, but we'll see what CEH's injury outlook looks like. 
Um, James Robinson, awful news here. Looks like he has a torn Achilles for the Jaguars. This is really devastating for Dynasty. Um, obviously, it's going to put him out for the rest of this year in redraft. But in Dynasty, this is late in the year. We know Achilles, Achilles injuries are tough to recover from for running back. Uh, it's going to be tough for Robinson. Uh, he could be back in time for week one next year, but this could also linger. Maybe we see him on the pup list to start the year. We'll see. But rough injury for James Robinson and any running back here. We're seeing Cam Akers return quickly, but that's no guarantee it's going to happen for James Robinson. So um, Travis Etienne gets a boost, although he already suffered a major injury in you know his, his rookie year. So we'll see what he has to offer next year. Um, but with a new coach coming in in Jacksonville, potentially a new front office, this backfield's really up in the air. So interesting situation to develop over the offseason. I'm sure we will go back and forth on a Jaguars running back uh, all offseason leading up to the drafts. Uh, for the Vikings, Adam Thielen, he reaggravated his ankle injury early. Um, he did return to the field in the third quarter, but played just 23 snaps. Uh, in comparison, Justin Jefferson played 61. So we'll have to see Thielen's status going forward. Um, KJ Osborne, he's a borderline wide receiver three flex if Thielen's out and unplayable if Thielen is playing. So um, he's the big benefactor if Thielen is out, uh, Tyler Conklin to some extent, but keep an eye on Thielen's injury. Um, for the Eagles, Miles Sanders believed to have suffered a fractured hand late in the first half. Uh, overall for the game, Jordan Howard played 22 snaps. Uh, Boston Scott played 20 snaps. Miles Sanders played 19 snaps. Kenneth Gainwell played just two snaps. That was with an in-game injury to Miles Sanders. And Jordan Howard did leave late with a stinger. So uh, we'll get into this more on the Waiver Wire podcast uh, tomorrow. But I'm guessing Boston Scott's going to be worth an ad here just because of an injury to Miles Sanders that could put him out for the year. And Jordan Howard leaving with somewhat of an injury late in the game. So Boston Scott looking up. He'll split a lot of the work on the ground regardless. But maybe he has a, a stranglehold in the fantasy championships in week 17. And then finally for the Rams, uh, Daryl Henderson suffered a knee injury in his first carry. It's believed to be minor, but he didn't receive a touch until the fourth quarter after that. And Sony Michelle has just taken over a stranglehold in this backfield. Uh, he played 63 snaps to Daryl Henderson's five. So Sony Michelle RB one pretty much going forward uh, this year. Daryl Henderson can't be trusted. It's, it's a big, Big development if you have Sony Michelle because you can just lock him in next week for sure. This is going to be very interesting, the Rams' backfield next year. Um, we'll get to this a lot this offseason, I'm sure. But uh, Sony Michelle would be set to be a free agent next year. Um, that would leave Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, who's returning from that Achilles injury. This is a very lucrative backfield to have a running back in. So uh, we're going to be keeping a close eye on this. I wonder if they bring Sony Michelle back somehow after he's impressed this year. They've really just given him the job as the season goes on. So um, that's going to be fun to talk about all offseason. But for now, it's Sony Michelle going forward. So um, those were the big injuries. Um, hopefully none others happen on Sunday Night Football, which is when I'm recording, and on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, but if any do, the Waiver Wire podcast will get to those for sure. Okay, before I get into the games that I watched this week, um, I just want to give another plug for pitcherlist.com slash plus. Uh, you can join us on PL Plus. Uh, join our Discord server. You all have access to ask us questions all up through kickoff. Uh, we're on there during the games, just commenting on things we saw, maybe changes in snap shares, injuries, um, and then just, you know, posting our favorite memes of the day. So it's a great time. Please join us if you uh, like what the site does, support us. And as an added bonus, you'll be a part of PitcherList. Uh, their discord as well so with fantasy baseball coming up soon uh, they're the best site out there for that analysis so please join us if you like us support us um, we'd be happy to have you in the discord and just talk football with you all day uh, but let's get into the games uh, that i will be looking at today 
Um, first up, Ravens at Bengals. I'll go quickly through this one because I talk about the Bengals every week. Uh, but this was a huge win for the Bengals. Uh, 41 to 21 at home against the Ravens gives them a stranglehold over the division. They've now swept the uh, Ravens and the Steelers, which is very impressive this year. Uh, despite, you know, the Ravens were missing a ton of players from COVID-19. It was not a fair fight by any means, but um, for a team like the Bengals with Zach Taylor, uh, early on as this coaching tenure, Joe Burrow in his second year, this is a big win. Um, so we'll start with the Ravens. Uh, Josh Johnson was the quarterback here uh, because of Lamar Jackson's injury and Tyler Huntley hit COVID-19 IR. And Josh Johnson actually looked really good. Um, he finishes 28 for 40, 304 yards, two touchdowns, um, one interception, was only sacked once. Uh, they came out after the Bengals kicked a field goal, first drive, like no huddle, up-tempo. Josh Johnson was moving the ball down the field. Ravens scored a touchdown. Bengals fans everywhere said, uh-oh, we saw this before with Mike White. Uh, they can't possibly lose this game, can they? Um, but Josh Johnson was not the reason that they lost this game. Uh, really, the Ravens offense was not the reason that they lost this game. Um, the passing game moved the ball pretty well. Mark Andrews is a beast. This Bengals uh, defense is very exploitable against tight ends, so – uh, next week, if Travis Kelsey's out there, that's going to be a huge spot for him. But Mark Andrews, eight catches on 10 targets, 125 yards and a touchdown. He looked great. Uh, it was encouraging to see Rashad Bateman get used a little bit more. Uh, four catches, 26 yards and a touchdown. He was pretty hot early on in the game, and then the Bengals kind of took over. Uh, but um, Bateman did play a lot of snaps. You're going to see James Prochet on the stat sheet. Uh, he had a really nice game. Um, he had seven catches for 76 yards on eight targets. Uh, it was very impressive for Prochet working over the middle, but um, Bateman outsnapped him by 20 snaps. And uh, Sammy Watkins barely played, which is a big thing for Bateman. So uh, that, that was encouraging for Bateman's long-term prospects. He needs Watkins out of the lineup. Uh, the production still wasn't quite there, but he got a touchdown. So that was encouraging. Uh, Marquise Brown, uh, just five catches, 44 yards on nine targets. This, this was just more of a... Uh, you know, short passing game with Josh Johnson out there. Uh, just was not the type of game that Marquise Brown is going to explode on. The Bengals have some good cornerbacks. So uh, this just was not the perfect game script here for him. That's why you see James Prochet with more more receptions than usual because it was all kind of over the middle short stuff. So I would not freak out long-term for Marquise Brown. Um, he needs Lamar Jackson back, uh, but, you know, that's pretty obvious here. So really less of a problem on offense than the passing game was the rushing game. Uh, they just couldn't get anything going on the ground. 16 carries for 39 yards as a team and one touchdown. Uh, Devontae Freeman led the way, I guess you could call it. Six carries for 17 yards. Latavius Murray, five for 12. Josh Johnson, five for 10. Uh, this was still Devontae Freeman's backfield, 33 snaps to 17 for Latavius Murray. But I, I think we kind of saw without the quarterbacks here opening up lanes, these running backs are a little bit limited. Uh, the Bengals do have a decent run defense, even with DJ Reader out today. So um, it, it that was a big issue for the Ravens. They just couldn't run the ball, and uh, Josh Johnson did his best. But eventually, uh, they kind of ran out of steam in the second half, only scored seven points, and the Bengals ran away with this one. So on the Bengals' side, uh, this was everything we hoped for against a completely depleted Ravens secondary and defense overall. Uh, the Bengals did not just grind the ball out on the ground. They put it in the air early and often. Joe Burrow goes 37 of 46, 525 yards, four touchdowns. He was sacked three times. A couple of those were late where they were just continually running up the score. It seemed like late just passing the ball instead of running um, because it was working for them all day. I mentioned T. Higgins. He had a monster day, 12 for 194 and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, nice game even without the touchdown, which is rare for him. Seven catches on 10 targets, 125 yards. 
Chase is just a monster with the ball in his hands. He's not one of those typical yak receivers that uh, jukes everybody. He's just kind of a bowling ball out there. So he really looked uh, strong with the ball in his hands today, made a lot of extra work on the ground after the catch. Um, Tyler Boyd continued his good streak, only five targets, three catches, but uh, 85 yards and a touchdown. Um, He had a seam route for 68 yards, just uncovered. um, Huge play for a touchdown. It made his day, but I think we've seen enough upside from him lately where he is startable, and this um, offense is humming in the passing game like this. You're going to want to start him. So uh, super encouraging for Joe Mixon that he goes six for 70 and a touchdown through the air. 52 of that was on a big play late, uh, kind of the last play of the game or one of the last plays of the game. So you take away that, and it's it's only – five catches for, you know, 18 yards, but we'll, we'll take those five catches. We'll take that receiving touchdown for Mixon. He also chips in 18 for 65 and a touchdown on the ground. Um, he was used his, his typical bell cow way here. No worries about Mixon going forward. And in fact, he saw 62 out of 76 snaps. That's a little more than we've even seen in the past. So in a must win game, they really used him heavily. Uh, CJ Uzoma five for 36. He's, you know, in deep leagues, he could be a tight end streamer, but um, the upside just isn't huge. So uh, overall in this game, uh, Joe Burrow looked awesome. T. Higgins looked awesome. Jamar Chase looked awesome. Mixon did his thing, and it was just a, a good game all around. There's still some issues with this offensive line for sure. It's going to show up against good defenses. But overall, uh, extremely impressive performance from this Bengals offense, and uh, they probably helped you get to the, the fantasy championships in, in some leagues. So I hope you stuck with them through some ups and downs this year. Okay, next up, this is a game I am assigned to for the What We Saw article on QBList.com. I had a choice of a couple and picked this one because I wanted to know what in the world happened. Uh, Chargers lost 29-41 to in Houston. I went back and watched the uh, the game pass of this after the fact, watched the entire game because seeing the Chargers lose in a must-win game in Houston is kind of a shocker here. Um, so let, let's get into this one pretty deep here. And, it, you know, it's, it's funny. I think we're going to see a lot of the highlights of – uh, Justin Herbert throwing a pick six that kind of sealed the game. Uh, he did turn the ball over twice. We're going to see the 29 points and the pick six and say, you know, maybe blame uh, Justin Herbert or, you know, talk more about his uh, him against Joe Burrow or him against whoever in the league. But this was really against – it was all about the Chargers defense here. Um, the Texans only punted one time all game and did not turn the ball over. Uh, you just – you can't win a game against anyone if you're – uh, only forcing one punt and not getting any turnovers. And it's pretty inexcusable against the Texans. So um, it, it really comes down to the Chargers defense playing poorly in this game. Now they were without a bunch of players in this one, as just about every team is right now. Uh, they did not have Joey Bosa, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, and their center Corey Lindsley um, due to COVID-19. Uh, Texans were without 16 players as well, though, including Brandon Cooks, uh, their center, Justin Britt, and uh, their kicker. So both teams were missing quite a bit, but the Chargers defense obviously missed Joey Bosa here. Um, So it was kind of a high-scoring game in the first half. They were just trading off drives. Um, Davis Mills overall, let's let's start with the Texans offense here. Um, Davis Mills looked pretty good. I was impressed. He I don't think he showed anything that's going to make you think he's a future star in this league, but he looks like he might be able to bridge the gap here for the Texans during this rebuild. Uh, Gives them a young player to develop, see what happens, a little bit of hope, and probably going to need a long-term answer eventually. But I think he looks pretty solid for now. He was 21 to 27 for 254 yards, two touchdowns, Um, only took one sack, no turnovers. And, you know, he was just really calm in this game overall, I would say. Lots of third and sixes, lots of third and sevens, where he had pretty good protection. He stayed patient. Um, He went through his reads and he made a conversion. Uh, He just 
was always calm. Um, they kept him in positives, you know, down in distances quite a bit here. So he didn't have any like really difficult situations, I guess I would say, but uh, it was really a positive on his part that on the third down opportunities, he stayed under control, played mistake-free football, kept the chains moving. He didn't look panicked on any of these big third downs. So um, I, yeah, I was just, I was really impressed overall with Davis Mills. I think worst case here, he's got an upside as a, a kind of career long backup and spot starter and uh, best case, he could be a pretty decent starter in the NFL. So uh, he's, he's probably a nice pickup in dynasty leagues. He's probably already picked up in super flex leagues, but um, he's someone you could stash on your bench and, and probably get some starts out of. I wouldn't be surprised to see him the week one starter for the Texans next year, unless they make a big move. So overall I was impressed with Davis Mills, fantasy-wise, he's probably limited to super flex leagues. But um, on the crown here, Rex Burkhead, 22 carries, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. We know the Chargers' run defense is bad, but this is a bit of a shock. Uh, he came out of the gates hot from the start, um, never really looked back. He had a, a rushing touchdown on second and 16 on the opening drive for the Texans, uh, where he punched it in for a touchdown. You know, it, it was – it was just a pretty impressive game overall for Rex Burkhead. It was not flashy, but he was always getting positive yardage um, moving forward a couple extra yards when he needed to, uh, you know, just a solid running back. I wouldn't expect this most weeks, but uh, we were probably a little too low on him. Um, he's a starting running back and he, he deserves to be rostered in leagues. So um, he ends up scoring two touchdowns. The other one was a goal line situation where they pretty much just ran him three straight times and he got in. Uh, so excellent week here for Burkett. He had a nice cutback on a run towards the end to kind of ice the game. Uh, so with with David Johnson out with a quad injury, uh, Burkhead led the way with 42 snaps. Royce Freeman played behind him, uh, had 24 snaps on the day. It's actually a pretty even mixture. They were both out there quite a bit. Uh, Freeman had a couple runs called back on holdings. He had a nice 18-yard touchdown where it got called back. And uh, he had a couple plays called back on holdings. So um, you're going to see the... The, the stats here, 22 carries for 149 yards for Burkhead, 12 carries for 34 for Freeman. And it was a little closer than that, uh, their usage, just some bad luck for Freeman. But Burkhead is clearly the lead back. Not much passing game work for either. That's going to be an issue in games where they don't have the lead. But um, it worked for today. And uh, their offensive line looked pretty good overall. But again, the Chargers defense certainly helped that. So otherwise, in the passing game, um, Bunch of receivers were splitting up the work. Chris Conley, Philip Dorsett, Chris Moore, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan. Uh, I don't think there are any like go out and must adds. This is more looking at dynasty stuff here, I would say. Um, Chris Conley gets a, a long touchdown, but uh, he's an older player. It, it was just kind of a long touchdown where they didn't check him at the line. He just ran with a free re release and caught a nice uh, deep pass. But uh, I would say the ones to talk about um, from a dynasty perspective, rookie receiver Nico Collins. He was second on the team in snaps and routes run. Um, he drew a defensive pass interference. He was featured on slants and some big spots, converted some first downs. But late in the game, uh, they went in jumbo formation, and he was the only receiver, and they hit him on a slant for a touchdown. Uh, I just I think it's encouraging to see Nico Collins out there with possibly his quarterback of the future here, Davis Mills, getting some uh, you know, some some reps in, getting on the same page, uh, playing a bunch of snaps. So encouraging for Nico Collins. And then uh, Brevin Jordan was impressive. Um, he's a rookie fifth-round tight end. Uh, didn't play much until about week eight this year, but they've been playing him a lot since then. And uh, he looked pretty good. He's a, Like I say, he's a fifth-round tight end. He's not the most athletic in the world, but he certainly looks um, on the spectrum of tight ends. He looks pretty athletic. He looked good after the catch. He had a couple of nice after-the-catch plays, breaking tackles and turning up field to get extra yards. 
And late in the game, uh, Davis Mills really started leaning on him. I think he had four, maybe four or five third down conversions of about third and six or third and seven. Um, he took one up the sideline afterwards for a nice gain. Uh, but, but Mills really started leaning on Brevin Jordan. Um, so, uh, you know, in, it's nothing for redraft this year. Uh, but in dynasty leagues, he's someone that might be worth adding right now sitting on your bench. Uh, tight end's always one of those positions where it's worth throwing four or five guys at the position and hoping something pans out. So um, any rookie tight end that's producing is is interesting. And if he gets a connection here going with Mills, uh, you know, I think he could be something going forward. So keep an eye on Brevin Jordan. Um, otherwise, though, I just, you know, I was impressed by Mills. He was calm. The offensive line blocked pretty well. And uh, they were able to, you know, kind of run this game how they wanted to the whole time. So impressive performance from the Texans offense. Like I said, they punted once and they scored every other time other than when they kneeled at the end of the game. So they really won this game. The Texans offense did, or the Chargers defense lost it. However you want to look at that, but let's get to the Chargers offense. That's probably what most of you want to hear about. Um, Justin Herbert, 27 to 35, 336 yards, one touchdown, two picks. You know, I, I think they were missing all of their deep threats in this game. Mike Williams, uh, Jalen Guyton, uh, that I think that was huge for them. They just it was all short stuff in the passing game. Obviously, Austin Eckler hurts too because that's a short option. Uh, so with those players missing, it was really all on Keenan Allen, and there was a lot of coverage thrown his way. So um, Herbert was was just thrown short to either Keenan Allen or Josh Palmer, who didn't do a ton. Um, they also had a receiver that was getting a lot of work, uh, Jason Moore, who, who didn't produce a whole lot until towards the end. So it was kind of Keenan Allen and the tight ends, which I'm not real high on these Chargers tight ends. So it was just a lot of short stuff. The running game was good, but um, couldn't get much going down the field. Uh, Herbert threw kind of a bad interception um, towards the end of the first half. It was a uh, they were moving their past midfield play action, deep shot. He was a little late getting to Palmer. who was his second read and threw a pick right at the goal line on a deep throw. Uh, that was kind of a big pick in the game. Um, but, you know, hey, it was a shot downfield. It wasn't the worst throw in the world from Herbert. He was just late getting to him. Um, other than that, um, like I said, the, the the pick six to seal the game is going to be on the highlights. Uh, people are probably going to knock Herbert for that. Um, he, it did look like he expected Jared Cook to keep running on an out route and Cook sat down on his route and the pass went where Herbert thought he was going to be and was returned for a touchdown. So it's hard to know uh, if whose fault that was until we hear some of the post-game stuff. But um, regardless, um, Herbert just needs more weapons out there. Uh, Keenan Allen, um, I'll be interested to look into him this offseason. He's still a great volume receiver. He's still a great route runner. But I wonder if we're getting to the point with Allen where he really needs um, either a 1B or maybe eventually he's going to need a 1A to him to take a little pressure off of him, more of a deep threat so he can open up work underneath because there were a couple times where it was pretty clear Keenan Allen was the focus of the Texans' coverage. Um, I, there, there was one play where uh, Her- Herbert kept looking his way. There were just three or four defenders around him. He eventually had to go somewhere else, and um, it was incomplete. And the next play, they got him open on a crosser for a big third down. But you could just tell that the play before, like he was the first read, he was swarmed with coverage, and Herbert had to adjust and go somewhere else. And he just didn't have other players to go to in this one. So um, other than Keenan Allen, like Josh Palmer, five catches on six targets, 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, This is a little similar, I would say, to Nico Collins. Um, It was really encouraging that Palmer played the most snaps and ran the most routes of all Chargers receivers. And he got some chemistry with uh, Justin Herbert going. That's going to be good for dynasty purposes. But, you know, he was the target of that deep shot interception. Um, Palmer's touchdown came in garbage time last drive of the game. So 
you know, that could have easily not happened. So uh, the box score looks a little better for Palmer than it actually was, but he didn't make any big mistakes and uh, seemed to come through for the most part. So um, pretty encouraging, but I wouldn't be starting him next week. That's for sure. Jared Cook, um, he caught a two-point conversion, three catches for 44 yards. We kind of know what he is at this point. Uh, Not a very exciting streaming option, but you can certainly play him if you need to. He'll get you uh, six to eight points most weeks. So other than that, um, the backfield is the big focus this week with Austin Eckler out. And Justin Jackson looked really good. Uh, 11 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Um, He had eight receptions on nine targets for 98 yards, which we love to see. So he basically took the Austin Eckler role. Um, The only running back that played other than Justin Jackson was Joshua Kelly. Um, Kelly, only five carries, one catch, um, looked good on his catch and had a big run called back by a hold. But this was clearly Justin Jackson's backfield. Um, He led the way in snaps here by far. Uh, uh, Yeah, Justin Jackson had 45 snaps to Joshua Kelly's 17. So uh, I think Eckler will be back, but it's pretty clear that for now, Justin Jackson is the backup. And if Eckler's ever out, he's the one to go to. So that is a good thing. Um, Justin Jackson had a key fumble um, that was really a huge part of this game. It was a really bad fumble, too. He did not take very good care of it. Um, it was a big turning point in the game. It was in the fourth quarter, fumbled about midfield. So uh, a big mistake, but he clearly did not get put in the doghouse because the next time the Chargers got the ball, Justin Jackson had three straight receptions and a rush. So he was right back in the game being featured heavily. So um, he finished out the game like nothing happened. That's kind of nice to see from Brandon Staley. Um, We don't have to see one of these players get benched for a good game, uh, you know, ruined by one bad play, but it's nice to see them go back to him. So um, otherwise, you know, he had a failed two-point conversion attempt. Like he was, Justin Jackson was just super involved in this game. So yeah, he was pretty impressive. I I think he's a free agent after this year. Be interesting to see if the Chargers bring him back. He's a useful player. He's just had trouble staying on the field at times. So otherwise, I mean, you know, shocking result. But watching the game, it wasn't all that fluky. The Chargers just couldn't stop the Texans. And, and you know, Chargers failed on some red zone opportunities, settled for some field goals. And that was kind of the difference here. So um, closer game than 41-29 would show, but the Texans also did kind of have control of the game. A pretty surprising outcome. So Texans somehow have four wins this year. I'll be curious to see what they do with their coach because with this roster, uh, I don't know how you could do much better than four wins as a head coach. So uh, props to their coach, and we'll, we'll see how this team goes going forward. Um, but they at least have some interesting rookies that perform today. All right, everyone. Like I said, it's a quick one this week. I just wanted to catch you up on some of the games I watched, some of the big news. But at this point of the season, it's all about the waiver wire now and who you're going to start next week. So uh, make sure to check out our waiver wire uh, podcast and column uh, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. Uh, We'll have the sit start podcast and article coming out as usual. Uh, coming out late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So those are the big keys for that this week going into the finals uh, fantasy championships. So you probably don't uh, need to hear quite as much breakdown of what we saw this week. But as always, the article is there with an author for every single game. So please check that out for a more in-depth breakdown. Uh, check us out at PL Plus if you want to join the Discord. Thanks for listening. Hope the solo pod was all right. Hope you all had happy holidays. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you before the new year, but best of luck in 2022, but let's, uh, win a few fantasy championships before we get there. So thanks everyone. Have a good week.